Oh my god! There was a game today! You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, how could I have a lower third where I'm called Sully? I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now, and we are wrapping up my fifth year here at the Lockdown Podcast Network as we're now moving deeper and deeper. And did I mention deeper into the postseason fun? Hey, uh, by the way, I'm doing this as a live stream for those of you who are following us on the YouTubes and for those who just listen to me, I'm putting it on the live stream. If you happen to be watching me, I see a couple of people already jumping in right now. Uh, feel free. Feel free to give us your, uh, your thoughts. If you're an everyday Sully listener, Please, please go ahead and jump in. I'm recording this on uh, the 15th day of October 2023. And this episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices are guaranteed. Uh, follow us at LOCKDOWNMLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Let me know who you are. I see the the numbers are starting to, you know, there are more and more people popping in here. Um, hey, you know, sometimes I, I like to point out when my predictions were right or my forecasting was correct. Uh, fans were not happy with uh, how I, you know, how I handled you know, talking about the fact that they needed to improve their pitching, even if it meant sacrificing part of their future. Yeah. But um, sometimes my predictions could not possibly be more wrong. Sometimes I whiff. I whiff. Sometimes I ground out into so many double plays, you would think I was Freddie Freeman in this year's playoffs. And some of my playoff predictions have been pretty solid. One has been an absolute cataclysmic disaster. Like bizarro world has taken place with one of my predictions. And it involves the Texas Rangers. And Ranger fans, Mikulpa, I thought by the way the Rangers were stumbling and bumbling and grumbling and lumbling down the stretch. Yes, they had that key sweep of the Mariners, but they lost those last few games, costing the division title. I took one look at them, and I said, yuck. They rode the coattails of a fabulous first three quarters of a season, had a catastrophic second half of August where they just coughed up the division title nearly coughed up a trip to the postseason. Remember, in the middle of September, they were not a playoff team. Remember the Mariners? The Mariners were in first place by themselves. 
in the middle of September. That wasn't a dream. That actually happened. And I thought if there was any team in baseball history that was going to be two and out in the divisions, in the, uh, uh, the wild card series, it was the Texas Rangers. I mean, they were facing a Tampa Bay team who was really good, who would have been a division champion in, in the West, and they're going to be facing this dead-from-the-neck-up Rangers team who lost two aces to injuries, whose bullpen stunk, and were sleepwalking through September, save for that one sweep of Seattle. So I'm like, come on. God, you know, and I felt bad for Bochi because it was like, oh, I love Bochi. He was my dad's favorite manager, and I'm always yapping about his lieutenants and everything like that. But here they go. And what has happened? A dominance I don't think I've ever seen before, especially with this many layers in a postseason. Think about this for a second. Aaron Hicks, remember him? He got a two-run single in the first inning of Game 2 of the Division Series in Baltimore between the Rangers and the O's. And then in the that was in the bottom of the first inning. They, they took a two-run lead. And then in the top of the second inning, the Rangers went on a five-run rampage and wound up smacking the Orioles around because, you know, pitching. That moment... When the Orioles took a 2-0 lead for an inning, was the only time this entire postseason the Rangers have been behind. Forget losing a game. They haven't trailed save for that one inning. Now, we've seen situations where a team has led the entire series. Um you know, the, I mentioned the A's in 1989, uh, the World Series, the Earthquake World Series against San Francisco. The A's never never trailed a single inning. The Red Sox never trailed a single in, inning against the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. So it's happened before in individual series. I don't recall ever seeing it stretched out this far. They were never behind for one pitch against Tampa Bay. There were points where it was tied, but they were never behind. They were behind for not even an inning against Baltimore. And today we got to see the two teams that's you know the we saw the Astros who you know smacked who well they didn't smack around Minnesota. Minnesota did give Minnesota credit. Minnesota played the Astros pretty well except for the game three blowout. Um Tampa Bay didn't show up. Baltimore, save for that one inning. Uh, game one was close. Game two was a blowout. Game three, the Orioles forgot the, to get on the plane. And so we saw these two teams, and we're, and we're expecting a, uh, a, you know, a, a slugfest would be gravely disappointed. Verlander was good. I mean, let's get let's let's be honest. We, you know, both pitchers pitched into the seventh inning. You know, no one's allowed to pitch seven innings anymore. No one, you know, God forbid someone does a complete game and saves a bullpen. But, of course, both of these teams had been sitting around for a couple of days, so their bullpens were fresh. And both starting pitchers did their job. You know, the 
you know, the you know, Verlander did let up two hits, and you know, but they were you know, there was two runs. I mean, but you know, one of them came on a you know a ball that that ricocheted off of Abreu's glove, and went in you know went into the outfield. And by the way, uh, let's give a let's give a huge shout out to um you know the, the one of the strangest weird postseason heroes was Evan Carter. A guy I barely knew about going into the season. We played half the season and, you know, was good. But he's been, you know, playing at another level this postseason and hustled out a double and he scored on the young hit. Fair enough. And then, um, yeah, and I, I got to be honest with you, I have to bust out baseballreference.com and sing the history of the player earth to make sure i'm pronouncing lay correct am i still here my screen went blank there it goes this is the perils of doing a live stream uh leody Tavares hit a ball that went into the upper deck in arlington and they were playing in houston that's how far it went went clear out of the stadium across the state across the interstate into the stadium in and both were dome stadiums that's how hard he hit that ball that was that, that was one of those with a right field look like oh wow uh, i'm not an avenger so i'm not going to catch this ball so and too big wrote all she wrote and with that jordan montgomery not a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Sorry. Uh, had his second terrific start out of three starts. Ironically, it was against Baltimore that he didn't pitch particularly well, but I digress. Uh, Montgomery did everything they could have asked. Six strikeouts in six and a third innings. He only let up five hits, one walk, no runs. Uh, and the Texas Rangers, once again, obviously the final score was 2 nothing, So clearly they never were behind. Tomorrow afternoon is a huge, huge stare into the mirror moment as two pitchers who have come up gigantic in the postseason are going to lock antlers. And with that, we are going to see what the defending champs are really going to do because this could be a great series or this could be, yikes, are we going to have to sit through another blowout? And a lot of it is going to come down to this afternoon. Now, look at, I am going to talk to you a little bit about our friends from game time. If you are in Texas right now, and I know some of you are, I know I've got, I have a bunch of Ranger fans who listen to me and a bunch of Astro fans who hate my guts. I don't hate your team, Astro fans. Please, please, please come to grips with that. But what you need to do, you need an opportunity to see this American League Championship Series. This could be a great series if things line up the right way. And if you want to get tickets, the best way to do it is through game time, because you shouldn't have to worry about where you're buying tickets to a big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals 
all-in prices, views from your seats, and the best price guarantee. What does that mean by all-in prices? Well, do you know what? They show your total up front. You know you're getting a great deal. They don't have the little hidden fees that drive me crazy. Oh, but they send you the email. You're going to lose it, right? Nope. Sends it right to the app. Tap, tap, couple of taps. It goes right to your app. Oh, how do I know it's a good seat? Well, guess what? You get to take a look at what the seat is from the app. Come on. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. So you, you hang around the stadium a little bit, tap, 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 going in and seeing the last few innings. You can find exclusive deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, hockey, and yes, baseball. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Do you know what? They're guaranteed. I almost sang that Hall & Oates song when I was spelling it out. I can't sing it because I don't want to get us into ASCAP trouble. Oh, by the way, did I mention the uh, the trivia question that I did? I did a bonus episode. I was tired of waiting for the game. Center. I did a bonus episode that I dropped actually earlier today. Uh, John Murphy Jr. was the one who got it right. The question was about David Wells, big game pitcher, David Wells. And he played in the postseason with a bunch of teams. He bounced around a lot in his career. He actually was only a Yankee for four years. It seemed like he was a Yankee for a lot longer, but he was a Blue Jay a lot longer than he was a Yankee. But I said he bounced around his career. Which team did he not play in the postseason with? And John Murphy Jr. got it correct. He said the White Sox. I listed a bunch of his teams he played for. There were a couple other teams he actually did play for as well they didn't play in the postseason with. But he played in the postseason with the Blue Jays. We won a ring for his troubles. He won, he played in the postseason with the Cincinnati Reds in 1995, the Baltimore Orioles in 1996, the Yankees in 97, 98. Okay, he played in four straight postseasons with three different franchises. And then he was in the postseason back-to-back years in 05 with the Red Sox, believe it or not, 06 with the San Diego Padres. He did have a brief stint with the Chicago White Sox um, the year after they went to the postseason in 2000. So there you go. Um, yeah, you got Framber Valdez versus uh, Nathan Ivaldi for game two in the afternoon. Valdez, I think, should have won the World Series MVP last year, with all due respect to Jeremy Pena. And Nathan Ivaldi uh, <laughs> risked his career by coming out and throwing six innings out of the bullpen and was brilliant for the Red Sox in the 2018 World Series. Uh, and World Series, of course, where the Red Sox were doing some shenanigans. But Evaldi has come up big in a lot of postseason, including the 2021 uh, wildcard game for Boston and earlier this year for Texas. So, and, and now Max Scherzer's back on the, uh, on, on the active roster, and he's probably going to start game three. So... Valdez has to show that he is a big-time ace because if the Astros fall 2-0, look, if they can win, they're the defending champs. But it would be, I think it would be a really tall order. So, I, I look at, I, I'm unabashedly rooting for the Rangers, not because I hate the Astros. 
but because the Rangers have never won the World Series. The Phillies have. The Diamondbacks have. The Astros have. The Rangers have never won the World Series. And this would be a generational moment. It would be one of those moments for a fan base that has been underratedly tortured over the years to finally have their great moment in the sun. So, yeah, I'm rooting for them because I want that. Astros fans had it, you know, a couple of times, and one no one acknowledges, and last year, which everyone does. So uh, I'm rooting for the Phils. But I do want to see good baseball. So part of me is actually pulling for the Astros tomorrow because I want to see this series, so game seven. Meanwhile, the NLCS is starting tomorrow, and uh, I'm not going to do much of a, a preview for it because the, nothing makes sense anymore. Uh, Philadelphia is uh, hosting it. Who would have guessed that? Uh, Zach Gallon and it's a, it's an all Zach game. Zach Gallon, Zach Weaver. Uh, uh, it's really two excellent pitchers are going at each other. That could be a really low scoring game, which means I guarantee it will be 15 to 13. I can't help but wonder what it must be like for Joe Girardi and Madison Bumgarner to watch this series. If you had told me in 2020, hell, if you told me last year, if you told me at the beginning of 2022 that the NLCS was going to be between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, two things would have popped directly into my mind. Wow, Girardi, man. He led the Phillies back to the World Series. Good for him. Oh, against the Diamondbacks? And is their pitching led them away? Well, look at that just goes to show you, you got to get an ace like Bumgarner to lead the way. But no, Girardi was fired midway through last year. They brought in Rob Thompson, and everything has been coming up John Cruck and Manny Trio and Dick Allen ever since. And now you see that what happened with the the Diamondbacks, they just cut Madison Baumgartner. What was it? In, was it in May? It was early this year. They said, ah, the heck with it. Bye. Toodles. He only pitched four games his entire season. And they said, go get a cab. Nobody picked up Madison Bumgarner. And now they're going to the NLCS. And it just, nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing. You know, I, I don't know who I'm rooting for in that. I have so many friends who are big Phillies fans. I love... Bryce Harper as a superstar, and I and I like to see our superstars win World Series titles. But I also love the giant middle finger of Arizona winning it, a middle finger being put in the face of Paul Goldschmidt who wanted out of there. And right now, even if the D-backs get swept, the Diamondbacks would have gotten just as close to the World Series as Goldschmidt got with the uh, with St. Louis. And also. Miller Thomas is on this show about once a month or once a week. I'm sorry. It's, it's more fun when he has his team happy. So we'll see what happened there. Hey, uh, a couple people put in some comments. Let's see what uh, people are putting there. Uh, Jeff Cohen comes in. He said, both series are going seven games. And Jeff Cohen, who's a big fan, he's an everyday Sully, says, go D-backs. Does Jeff Cohen live in the desert? Is he a nomad? No. He's one of the biggest Met fans you'll ever meet in your life. And I guarantee you, he is not happy with the possibility of the Phillies going to back-to-back World Series. In fact, looking back at the last four World Series played 
over a 162 game season. In other words, the, not counting the COVID year, uh, you have the Nationals in 2019, the Braves in 2021, the Phillies last year, and potentially this year. It is not a good time to be a Met fan. But Jeff, 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 the Mets are rebuilding. The Mets are doing it smart. The Mets are going to build a team, and it may not happen this year. It may not happen next year. But I think by 2025, the Mets will be the team of not just the National League East, but of New York. Of course, by then, they'll probably have scrapped divisions altogether. And you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm 100% for that. But that's a topic for another day. Let me tell you something. I'm glad I'm not a betting man. Do you know why? Because I would have lost everything. I would have lost everything on making bets because all my predictions were completely wrong. But if you want to take your hand at it, my advice to you is to join FanDuel today and you can get started with $200 in bonus bets. That's right, it's FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You get bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you get in the action of the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait for the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. By the way, um, I have to just say, I, I, I know I say this a lot. Don't put a Roldis Chapman into big moments because he was bailed out in the Orioles series by the fabulous defense behind him who pulled a double play when he was about ready to serve the game on a platter to the Baltimore Orioles. And so today, in another tight game, in comes Chapman with a runner on, and he let up a you know, a deep fly ball that it took a great play by Carter to leap up and catch it, and a boneheaded move by Altuve, who didn't touch second base on the way back. In other words, if it wasn't for a brilliant double play in game two, or game one, of the division series and a leaping catch and a, and being lucky with a you know bonehead play by a, a future hall of famer. He will be whether you like it or not. Then he would have probably blown two saves already. It just, it's a luck that has him not have blown a save at this point. So, you know, let's please, please, please let's, let's Bochi, do you find somebody else? Getting one, getting one else there. Surprised. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I'm surprised that Bumgarner didn't show up for the Texas Rangers. But I digress. Hey, the I'm recording this. It's still the 15th of October, uh, which gives me an excuse to bring up the fact that this is uh, the anniversary of one of my favorite moments in the history of baseball. 
and it has to do with um, Red Oldham. Now about him a couple of times. Red Oldham was probably the single least likely person World Series. Uh, he was a career minor leaguer, and he was a member of the Detroit Tigers in the 1910s. Ty Cobb, who was also the manager at the time, nice guy. Um, although I will say, not quite. Uh, evidence is starting to show he wasn't quite the horrible person that he's been portrayed at uh, by. Uh, several movies and everything, but I, but I digress. Um, he he was someone who bounced around the minor league. Playing in this outlaw league, and he was put on the roster of the 1925 Pittsburgh Pirates who went into the World Series against a heavily favored Washington Senators team. The Senators were the defending World Series champion, and they looked like they were going to breeze to a second straight championship. They took a three-game-to-one lead. And they also had Walter Johnson on their one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history. Um, Behind three to one, but they battled back to force to game seven. But there was a problem, and this is a problem that Dave Roberts can agree, you know, could could uh, relate to. Their team was gassed, and they were they had used their starting pitchers out of the bullpen and everything like that, and so they went to game seven, not sure what to do. Um. And the manager, McKechnie, nearly started this guy, Red Oldham, who had yet to appear in a single game in the World Series. Instead, he tried an opener situation. Um, uh, Vic Aldridge came in. He didn't get out of the first inning as the Senators pounded him. Um, And then they just kept bringing in other pitchers to just sort of, you know, cut and paste uh, a pitching staff, mind you. And in fact, the Senators took a big lead and the commissioner of baseball in the pouring rain after the sixth or seventh inning almost called the game and said, that's it, game's over, rain's too hard. I declare the Senators the champion. Instead, they played on. And for reasons unknown, Bucky Harris, the manager of the uh, of the Nats, of the, I'm sorry, the Senators, uh, left Johnson in, even though he was gassed in the eighth inning. And the Pirates rallied. And it was the game, the game was being played in Pittsburgh. The Pirates rallied and took the lead in the rain. And so now, suddenly, shockingly, the Pirates are three outs away from winning the World Series. But here's the problem. They burned through all their picks. They burned through all of their quality pitchers. The only pitcher they had left was Red Oldham, who had not appeared in a single game the entire World Series and began the year as an obscure minor leaguer and was only on the roster because of a series of injuries. 
And Red Oldham was summoned and said, okay, okay um, uh, get us out. And who did he face? Sam Rice, Bucky Harris, and Goose Goslin. And just so you know, those three players are now all in the Hall of Fame. You may not know their names, but they're all Hall of Famers. And, okay, obscure minor leaguer, get these three out. And they got uh, he got Sam Rice looking on a two-and-two two count. And then uh, Bucky Harris hit a line drive that was caught by their second baseman. Eddie Moore. And then one ball, two strike on Goose Goslinders called third strike. And the save in game seven of the World Series went to Red Oldham. A player so obscure, I have yet to find a clear photograph of him. And the next year, he played a handful of games with the Pirates, went back to the minor leagues, and never played in the majors again. And, and yet, for one moment, everything aligned. The stars aligned. The planets aligned, like that scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey. And Red Oldham became the champion of the baseball world in Game 7 of the World Series. And only baseball can do that. With very few exceptions. Baseball is the sport where unlikely heroes can come up because their turn at the plate has to come up as a hitter or as a pitcher. You can't always bring in your best pitcher. You can't always bring in your best hitter. Every once in a while, an obscure player, like a Red Oldham, like a Bernie Carbo, like a Rajay Davis, can come up and come up big time because, look at we have to turn to Francisco Cabrera. We, we need to do something right now. And that means unlikely heroes can come up and that's where the celebration of this postseason and all postseason there are a lot of red oldums out there but he's always been my favorite one and when it comes down to game seven of the world series saves that's going to bring us to our trivia question today i mentioned madison bumgarner who came out of the bullpen to save game seven of the 2014 world series Two years later, Mike Montgomery came out of the bullpen to save Game 7 of the 2016 World Series for the Cubs. Great games, all-time great games, arguably the two best games of the 2010s, along with Game 6 of 2011, which is one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. However, what else did those two saves have in common? The Madison Bumgarner save of Game 7 of 2014 and the Mike Montgomery save of the 2016 World Series Game 7. What did those two saves have in common besides them being saving Game 7 of the World Series? That's your trivia question. Just put it down here in the YouTube comments and everywhere else. All right, folks, we're going to have two games of baseball tomorrow after all these games off. Uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Slam at Slam Baseball on Twitter, Slam Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about a day where we finally got some ball games going. This has been Locked On MLB for the 15th day, or maybe it was in the 16th, 
2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Uh, 